Welcome to Jesus at the Table. The podcast where we have real conversations about the spiritual journey, cultural issues, and big theological questions. Welcome, everybody, to Jesus at the Table, the podcast where no topic is off limits, and we try to talk as with the heart and teaching of Jesus at the center of our conversation. Joining us today are Fran Lehman, the anchor of our podcast and the pastor of LifeSpring Church, and Larry Allich, a leader at LifeSpring Church. So, Larry, you're an elder at LifeSpring and an ordained pastor, but your day job is nothing like anybody pretty much does for a living. So you want to, what do you spend most of your days doing? I would say doing? that's accurate. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I fly airplanes for a living, airliner pilot. Um, this is my crazy season right now. Vacation everyone's season? relaxing, everyone's yes. relaxing, dealing with summer. Oh, it's so great. I'm kind of sitting here going, you know, I'll be okay when summer's over. Yeah, you're spending you know? all your time so, in the cockpit. Yeah, it's, but it's a, you know, it's a great time. A lot of people, you know, uh, trying to get to where they want to go, cruises or whatever. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's crazy, crazy uh, busy time of year, but it, hey, it's great. So how did you get into being a pilot? I just always wanted to do it. You know, I, uh, when I was a teenager, I took lessons when I, uh, um, after college, went in the Air Force. After the Air Force, went to the airlines and been there almost 27 years. All right, so I know you, you know, fairly well. And I know that you, came to know Jesus more personally while you were in the Air Force. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, well, you know, um, back up. Let's go back to when I was small. Um, okay. The God influence in my life was probably my father the most. And he um, uh, strong, loved God, um, Catholic man. And, uh, you know, that kind of set the foundation. The Air Force part now when it comes in, that's where things kind of got a little crazy where, um, you know, you, you, you got time to sit and think literally in the desert. So here we are, you know, in the in desert. In the desert you know, in? In Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. And, uh, yeah, Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, that was uh, a time of thinking and reflecting and thinking, of what is this God thing maybe about? And going back and thinking and reflecting about what, uh, what was instilled in me early on. Mm. Okay. So. so you and your wife, Diane, yeah. who I also know, um, have been helping lead LifeSpring Church and our church community for quite a long time. What's that journey been like? Well, Fran, what's that been like? <laughs> you want to say uh, something on that? I, I just would say it's been interesting because, well, when I look at you and I sitting here, we were a lot younger when we first met. We sure and, were. And you know, I think back I was thirty two when we when we started this church and and you know, I always say, So what do you know at thirty two? And 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 that may be offensive to a thirty two year old. But, <laughs> but a lot less than you think. But a lot less a lot less <laughs> than you right think. Up. And so so you know, it's kinda like you know what it's like? Like Linda and I had our children young. We got married at twenty and had That's our it. two kids, yeah, almost right away. And in a sense, you're still growing up, right? Mm -hmm. So we were growing up in our 20s still as we were beginning to have and raise our children. That's kind of how I think it's been with this church is that we, we, we had this love for Jesus, as you like to say in pilot terms, maybe all thrust and no vector. All thrust, little vector. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we had this love for Jesus, but there was so much that we didn't know. And so it's been, we've been growing up along the way as people and growing up in our faith and better understandings in Jesus, 
with lots of ups and downs. Yeah. So and, and what and what went on in the church here over the years since the '90s when we you know came along is that it you know it's a lot like a relationship, a friendship, maybe even a marriage. There's ups, there's downs. There's mm-hmm. times when everybody's in harmony. There's times when it feels like everyone's going off the tracks. Right. And somehow God weaves His way in there and kind of. Well, he held us together, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you answered actually just what I was going to ask you about. Um, has this journey of leading or helping lead this church been a steady thing, or have there been different seasons? Did you want to talk about any of those different seasons at all? I mean, for you guys personally, for you and, and Diane, as you've walked through this leadership journey. Well, we started Catholic, like I said, which mm-hmm. was quite a jump. You were Catholic. You are Catholic, too. Uh, so yep. um, you understand um, coming out of that, for me, initially, there was a certain amount of guilt. Like, am I doing the right thing here? Yep. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Yeah. Am I being right. deceived? Am I whatever? Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and with the Catholic thing, you're like, am well, I going to go to hell? I well, mean, exactly. What, seriously. Well, you should yeah. laugh. You shouldn't laugh you should because, laugh because, because, because I know that some people are worried about that, uh-huh. but it just has to do with who I know God to be. <laughs> right. So, yeah. right. But but that was, you know, yeah. And, and then, um, uh, you know, after, after that, you know, there's a whole season of trying what is the real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, God had lit a fire in us, in me first, and then Diane. I had to kind of drag her along, she says. <laughs> yeah, but, she says. Uh, but a fire was lit, and I was going somewhere, and now I was the guy with all thrust, no vector. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the whole situation. Right. So it's a lot of searching, trying different yeah. different types of churches. Who's right? Who's not right? You right. Know, so. Right. Different churches that have different emphases, yeah. you know, and w- what is it, you know, right? Is it is it about is it about memorizing the Bible or is it about having the wildest Holy Spirit experience you can have? You know, or both, or both, or who knows? <laughs> right, none of the above. Here's a question know. for you: How many how many Christian denominations do you think there've been over the years? Do you actually know this number? Well, it's a it's a wide margin <laughs> as to what they say. It's, let's just say it's the many tens of thousands. Yeah, huh. yeah. Why do you think that is? Maybe I got it a little more right than you. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right, so so this, this podcast is a little different than those that we've been doing more recently. Um, we've done quite a few on cultural issues, and, and partially because we want to see, we want people to see that we're not going to shy away from these kind of harder conversations. Yeah. But this, this podcast today falls into one of our three categories, but it's, it's, it, it's the first one I think of this kind that yeah. we've done. Yeah. Um, I wanna have a conversation with you guys about what it might look like to be spiritual Christians, spiritual people in an age when there's swirling controversies and issues. So here's my first question. These days when we're working through all the questions on politics and the kind of presence Christians should live like in a broader culture, um, with equality and how we think about sexuality and gender, some of the serious theological questions, there's a lot of issues with those. And do you think that for Christians, that's a distraction from the spiritual life or how do we balance that out? Because you know, you're talking about cultural issues, spiritual issues. Is there a crossover? Is there a balance for us as Christians? How do we navigate that? You go first. I got something I want to say. First question I've stumped everybody on. Throw a grenade in the middle of the table. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think we have to talk about the the big questions of the day. You know, in my 
own Christian thinking and here in our church community. You know, we've been working through questions about how we relate to folks who are part of the LGBTQ community. We've been fig- trying to figure out how do you how do you follow Jesus with all the political polarization? Those those are the questions of your present reality, right? So so you do have to work through them. But I'm 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 very aware, and I've become much more aware that if and I'll just speak for myself that if I'm not trying to navigate, if I'm not putting the same energy into being deeply connected to to the Lord, you know, having a life of the Spirit, His Spirit and my Spirit in communion, that that I'm not I'm not going to stay centered as I navigate whatever other big mm-hmm. questions I'm trying to navigate, right? I'm going to be, it's going to be abstract. I'm going to be disconnected. I'm going to be, I'm going to be thinking about things like being right on the issue. Whereas if I'm in communion with the Lord, the question is more like, am I becoming the right person? Mm-hmm. Those are very, you know, and am I seeing with his eyes and maybe bringing his heart and his eyes to those questions, right? But it's easy to not it's easy to be, it's very easy for all of us, myself included, to be dragged off center. Right. Yeah. You want exactly to right. And uh, I, I use the big G, little G thing, big God, little God, keeping God, big G, and the other things, lesser Gs. You know, for, and another thing, I don't ever think, um, since when do we have to separate or divorce our humanity from our faith walk? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be one together so join them together and then work it out you know and that's the that's the beauty of, of working it out with people and the beauty of the, of the walk of being a, uh, a christian um yeah it's um i think you can let anything rise too high mm-hmm. and it becomes a filter that you can look through and now all of a sudden everything goes through this filter now is it the right filter the main filter and that could be anything oh yeah um I want my filter to be Jesus. I, I, I love that. I, I love that picture because if if one of these big questions, right, because we and people in our culture, they're wrestling with big questions, right? And in the church, we're wrestling with some theological questions about what God is really like and does the Bible really teach more of this or does it teach more of this? You know, so, but any one of those questions can become so important to us that yes, now everything right. is seen through that lens. And... I think I think that Jesus, in his teaching and his invitations to us, invites us to be centered in a different place that becomes our our lens, the place from which we navigate all the all the other things. Right. Right. Otherwise, we can just go shuffle into our corner mm-hmm. where they're like me. I'm like them. Right. Boom. Yeah. And now we're back to what right. we're trying to get away right. from. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so I'm going to throw you guys a curveball because this wasn't part of the original questions. <laughs> Lay it on us, sister. Okay. So when you have that way of thinking, which the three of us have um, that same life philosophy of, of putting Jesus at the center. So yet we probably all know people who struggle with doing that. And, and do, like you just talked about, Larry, othering people. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were talking, I was thinking about people kind of com- being able to compartmentalize and saying, well, this this is where I'm going to put my faith life right over here. It's my Sunday morning thing. And then I'm going to do the rest of my life 
in my workplace and in my family and in my culture and all of the thing, all of the things. Right. You know, and, and you know, we can talk about looking through whatever lens. I'm a Coke drinker versus being a Pepsi drinker. Right. You're going to other somebody, and, I, and I'm pulling that because it's a completely random thing. Right. Um, what would you guys say to somebody who who has struggled with bringing Jesus back to the center of it? And I'm talking about maybe even people who are listening today, people who are members of our congregation who struggle with having Jesus be the center outside of when they're sitting in a chair on a Sunday morning at church. I think one of the struggles for many Christians in this time is that we haven't known that we don't have Jesus as the center, mm -hmm. right? Because, for example, we've been told if we're imbibing a lot of Bible and our preacher, and I'm, I'm looking at myself here because I'm the, the, the most common preacher around our church, right? And if our preacher is telling us this is what the Bible says and that's all you need to know and that's all you need to do, you need to do these things, you can even have something as sacred as Scripture or long-held Christian ideas that make you think your way of seeing and being is, is Jesus-centered. But it, but it might not be. And so for a lot of Christians, so then if you're on, I'll just say sort of my side of the equation, where you're trying to really be Jesus-centered, you say to people, I don't know if that way of coming at that is, is actually that Jesus-centered. People are like, well, sure it is, because, you know, my preacher said it's in the Bible, you know. So, well, maybe that's Jesus-centered. Maybe it's not. Um, because there's a, I'm not saying this very well, there's a difference between Jesus himself and his heart and his teachings and just everything I might have labeled Christian, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, you know, like pieces of a puzzle. Jesus Christianity, it's not piece of your puzzle that makes up you. If that's kind of what it is or what it's been, you know, I'm I'm Christian like I'm German or whatever, you right. know. That's, no. that's, yeah. that's right. you're, you're missing right. the point. It's not just right. a piece of the puzzle. So, um, yeah, I think um, I think people need to um, need to step back and it's like the food pyramid. I'm going to use that analogy now. The food pyramid, right? What's at the top of the pyramid for you, right? Because that's really what matters. Is that Jesus at the top? You know, is he is he the, the I, I was gonna say I was gonna say ice cream, but well, you're saying it should be Jesus. Maybe Jesus has ice cream up there. We <laughs> don't might know. have been donuts. But, I don't know. But is he at the top? Is he at the top of your of your of your of your isms, your things, the things that make up Fran right. Lehman tries to tries to take right. a, take the lead? I like that. Do we correct yeah. it? Right. You know, and that's kind of what uh, for me a spiritual walk is largely about. How do I keep a bead on keeping Jesus at the front of everything? And and something you just kind of barely nipped right there is awareness right if something else begins to slide yeah. into that top spot have i been cultivating have i been becoming a more aware person so i'm aware within my own soul my own thinking processes that this is happening that i'm i don't want to find out that i've been dragged off center i got the wrong thing at the top of the pyramid right, right. like ah, you know right Right, you guys gave me the perfect segue, actually, oh. because the next question, which was supposed to be it's the first because question. because we're so wise. That's it. Yeah. And, and humble. And humble. Well, yeah. I'm uh. very humble and I'm proud of it. So. <laughs> okay, you guys just gave me the perfect segue to this next question. So how would you guys define a spiritual life or spiritual journey as opposed to maybe the idea of being just a Christian or just being a Christian? 
Well, you said it right there, journey, right? When you get married, you're married, right? You haven't done the journey yet. And that's kind of that's kind of what Christianity's like. You know, you can fall in love with Jesus, fall in love with and be, you know, lit on fire by the Holy Spirit, however you want to look at it. Uh, but it's still the start of a journey that you have to be uh, committed to and intentional about as you go forward. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I think about is, you know, we, we mentioned before kind of different, Larry was talking about all the different denominations, mm-hmm. right? As I often call them, the streams in the church, right? So when we think about different streams in the church, they often give us different identities as a Christian. So, for example, if I'm in a liturgical church, Catholic, Orthodox, it may not even be the intent of the leadership to teach this, but I might get the impression like being a Christian is doing all these rituals, going to church, doing the rituals. Or if I'm in an evangelical Bible-preaching type church, I might think like, well, being a Christian is defined by obeying these verses because the focus is on the Bible. I need to understand the Bible and what God is commanding me, and I need to do those things. Or if I'm in a mainstream Protestant church, uh, maybe the emphasis is on social justice. So to be a Christian is to participate in the church's social justice efforts, uh, and, and those are probably really good things. But then I hear Jesus say, if I abide in you and you abide in me, then we're going to bring forth all this good fruit. And I think, well, what is, what is that? Because that sounds awfully, that sounds like a lot of spiritual union, something that's happened. It's mysterious, mm-hmm. right? Jesus inviting him into a mystery of communion with him. And so for me, it means that a spiritual journey is something deeper than sometimes the more obvious activities that define our faith. Mm-hmm. You could, I'll add to that, you could do the stuff mm-hmm. along the way and miss the reason why you're doing this stuff, the right. person why you're doing yeah. this stuff for, and, and, and what we're trying to um, you know, accomplish as followers of Jesus. So yeah. those things, like you said, they're not, they're not wrong. They're no, great. In they're fact, good. I love the multifaceted Church of Christ. Right. I, I just yeah. love that there's there's many different angles to it. Um, but what's what's at the center? Yeah, what's, what's at the center? center? Yeah. That's what you need to have in focus. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I mean I, I think especially the three of us can kind of point to the beginning, the things that were shaped in us as we were younger, our, our <laughs> church experiences, all kind of led us to where we are right now in our journeys. So, like, I look at, yes, I grew up Catholic, but that's part of my journey with Christ because it was through all of those early things that God hooked me in hmm, and right. said, yeah. hey, yeah. we need to do this thing right. together. Right. Um, and I wouldn't trade my Catholic upbringing for anything. Right. Same. Because I've gone back yeah. later, and that's why they do that. Yeah. Oh, that's where that came from. And it's like, I've <laughs> gone back you know, backdoored into into some of the Christian, uh, the Catholic side stuff, and I see, that's pretty beautiful. <laughs> There's some beautiful things here, you know. But he didn't hook you in so that you could just spend your life saying, oh, I'll do all these traditions and rituals. But he also didn't hook you in so that you could say, oh, I'll become a Bible person and reject all the beautiful traditions, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's because then we're, we're still trying to identify it out here somewhere. Right. He hooked you in. In because here. He, yes, because he mm-hmm. wanted this... He wanted a spiritual, he wanted you to be a spirit, a person of the spirit. Right. And to have that union. 
Right. And, and I, honestly, and I'm totally going off script. Um, honestly, I remember sitting in a Catholic church and feeling a tangible, I know you want more of me that. and I don't know what it I is. I love that. And, and it was, you know, from that place that I was like, I need something different. But it was, he did that. I had a time as a kid visiting a Catholic church in Milwaukee near my, my grandparents' house, my grandparents on my dad's side. And we only went to this church once in a great while we were visiting because my grandparents didn't go to church. My mm -hmm. dad's parents were not churchgoers. And so we would, sometimes when we were there, if we were there on Sunday, I guess, you know, over a Sunday, my mom and dad would pack us kids up and we'd go a few blocks away to this Catholic church. I don't even know what the name of it is. Um, and I still remember this time I was in there and I had, I don't, I, I can only call it sort of um, the feeling of the holy. Like I was a little kid mm -hmm. and I just had this feeling like, and I just remember, I, I didn't even have the ability to like think like, oh, what is that? Like you, you didn't right. think yeah. in those terms. Something was different, didn't know why. Yeah. Something was different, didn't know why. Now I look back and I say, there's the spirit of God just kind of coming mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. So talking about all of these different um, denominations or areas of faith, whatever you want to call it. Do you guys see any signs across the churches that transcend kind of all of the disagreements between the different kinds of churches? I don't know what Larry would say about that, but I'll tell you this. I see today a, a movement in, in across the church in our culture, not a majority movement, a minority movement, of people, of Christians who are realizing that aside from everything we've been fighting about for God knows how long, there's a deeper centered place that looks like the heart of Jesus, that is spiritual, that we're invited into, and that in some ways makes some of the all the other peripheral stuff less um, dominant in its in its importance. I see. I see, there are people who are kind of waking up to like this is a deep, beautiful thing with God. This mm -hmm. is, and it, and and I see it happening in different all kinds of Catholics and Orthodox and right. Evangelicals and sure. mainstream Protestants. I think and, in general there's a spiritual hunger mm -hmm. in society across all society, all yeah. society. You know that is uh, people are hungry. They're not really sure why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And and we kind of have to have our our uh, act together on how we transmit that. Yeah. Uh, to them. Yes, and it's funny that you say that because I was just teaching one of our lessons for our Haitian young young leaders today, just video recording a lesson in Creole, and it was about that. It was about if we're going to go out and tell people we've got the Christian message for them, what is the Christian message that we're giving to them? And like right. our culture is spiritually hungry, but are we going to go out and tell them a whole bunch of other stuff that is that you could call Christian, but maybe it's not communion with God. You know, the, the place, you know, the place of life and hope and goodness that is to be found. Yeah. In that people communion. are hungry. Younger people, the ones that I work with now, I'm the old guy. Uh, the, the ones that I work with now are hungry for it. And you know what they want, I've noticed? They want you to cut to the chase. Mm -hmm. mm. Get to the point. So if someone were to ask you for I love that. can I ask you something? Yeah. In two or three sentences, tell me it all. Could you do it? Why does it mean so much to you? I would say that there's a great big beautiful God and the things you 
you have wondered about life and hungered for it the most deeply. He has come in Jesus to bring you those things, and he's inviting you onto a journey that's going to that's gonna help you become what you were made to be and find those things that the deepest parts of your soul have been longing Perfect. for. Perfect. Yep. Those hungers that we all have, those mm-hmm. yearnings yeah. that we all have, yeah. there is an answer. Right. Yeah, and it's not the car I drive or the restaurants I go to. And conversely, if you're trying to take a Christian journey and you're focusing it all out here on, uh, you know, Bible understanding and doctrine or rituals or whatever your brand of it is, and you're not paying attention to the yearnings, you might not be on that spiritual journey. Right. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of that spiritual journey has to do with how, and we'll probably get into this, I'm sure, in your list, (laughs) about how we view God and how God might view us. Yeah. Yeah, that's very important. Right. Um, I keep just to kind of put a cap on that uh, whole thing with the with the different denominations and everything. You know, I keep I got a little Bible I take to to work with me, and there's a picture, a drawing from one of my kids. It's my from and and it's it's a it's a picture of me, I think, (laughs) and uh, and uh, and Diane and everything. And you know what? If I were to judge this by where the rules of art followed, is this right? Is the proportions here good? Is everything? in order here does it it's a horrible drawing but it's the intent behind that drawing yeah mm-hmm. is the reason that it's in there yeah, yeah. and that's what yeah. we need to be asking ourselves when we go forward you know yeah. in our in our faith what's our intention what's mm-hmm. our intent what are we looking for what are we what are we chasing what yeah. do we hope this will be yeah all right so i'm yeah. going to switch gears a little bit and ask you guys something that's more personal i mean we talked about spiritual journeys which are obviously personal but we were talking about it more um, large scope. So over 15 years ago, you guys were in a study group with some things from Brian McLaren. And uh, it's my understanding that both of you read the book, Generous Orthodoxy, and that it was significant to you. So can you guys talk about that a little bit? You know, why it was significant for me is be, uh, it, it's because I read that book and I went, yes, yeah, oh, yeah, perfect. And that book, gave me the green light to look without guilt, without feeling like I was off base or something, mm-hmm. to look at mm-hmm. other aspects of Christianity yeah. from yeah. different angles. And see, and, and after I read it and I read it again, I, I kind of got the idea that maybe we're all on different sides of this thing, looking at the same center. Right. You know? Yeah. McLaren was one of the early guys in uh, what at the time was called was referred to as the emerging church and he was he was trying to he had been an evangelical and he was trying to ask some bigger questions and you know sometimes he got a lot of flack from people because he had the honor of asking those questions very publicly in his books he was wrestling with things as he was writing but in that particular book what he was trying to get us all to think about was that Maybe instead of thinking my brand of Christianity has it all buttoned up or this brand of Christianity has it all buttoned up, maybe we should be learning from each other. Like evangelical, Catholic, Orthodox, mainstream, Protestant, charismatic, Pentecostal. Maybe, maybe people are catching different pieces of this in a good way and, and we, can, we can learn from each other. And for me, yeah, it kind of gave a permission like 
when I was younger, when you're younger, <laughs> it's like on the playground. <clears throat> you got the different groups, and you're trying to figure out what's the right group that you should be part of, right? right. And and you know, if I if how, how am I going to you know self-identify here? So as a younger Christian, I was like, so who's right, and which group should I be a part of? And and McLaren said, well, there's all these groups, and they're trying to find the center, which is the goodness and beauty and way of Christ. And so maybe it's not about which group. And so for me, that was really helpful. So along those same lines, if we're talking about um, the emphasis of the church, not just now, but through the ages, on being right on doctrines and positions, and obviously what's, what the truth is does matter, um, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but do you think when we're focused on getting all of our doctrinal ducks in a row and solving every truth mystery and making sure that we're right about everything, does it put us in danger of missing something deeper? And if so, what is that? 